activated. Hello, I'm Dr. Shanice O'Mara, a mechanical engineer and broadcaster. And I'm Dr. Simon Clark, a physicist and science communicator. We all like to have the latest must-have gadget, but what price are we really paying for our desire to upgrade to the newest model? Reports suggest that in 2021, every person on Earth produced an average of 7.6 kilograms of e-waste. And less than 20% of that e-waste was repaired or even recycled, with much of the rest ending up in landfills creating vast gadget graveyards. So is it time to stop buying and start repairing our tech? Welcome to Mission Responsible. You know, my informant dropped off a new mission for me this morning. What? Well, my informant is what I call my postman. And by mission, I mean I had to pay a bill. That sounded so official. I know, right? I'm working on, like, blending in at the agency. Right. It's still early days, but I feel like, you know, I'm learning the lingo. You're really trying to take on board your role. Your yeah. new role. My quartermaster sorted me out with some supplies earlier. Quartermaster? It's the lady who works at Tesco. You know what? I, I respect how you're embracing this. So, are we secret agents or podcast hosts? Well, both, obviously. Right, so we're, we're going on highly classified missions to save the day and then talk about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Coming up in this week's episode. So when I was talking to all these people, I realised how big this issue is. We think that the, the real crime here is that manufacturers deliberately design products so that it's quite hard to repair them. I'm feeling very under pressure here. I, I'm nervous. <laughs> so Simon, how many bits of tech have you bought in the last 12 months? Actually, for the past 12 months, I've been pretty responsible. Whereas previous years, if you'd asked me that, I've been awful. Like, yeah, I've bought a couple of things. I actually bought a solar panel this wow. past year. Yeah. That sounds very responsible. Well, I mean, it is responsible, but I don't know if I necessarily needed it. I liked the idea of being able to charge my electric bike with a solar panel. You know, and the solar intention power. was there. The intention was there, but it did mean I bought another piece of tech. And, mm. and and the worst part is actually the biggest crime is that I do have that drawer of shame with all of my old mobile phones in. It's easily done. Yeah. Mm. But, but, hang on, but you're an engineer. You must, when something breaks in your house, like you must fix it, right? I'm more of that engineer that just loves accumulating bits and pieces. You're an engineering hoarder. Yeah. You are an episode of Scrap Heap Challenge. All in one. You Absolutely. provide all of the material yeah. and the engineer. I'm not the tinkerer in the garden shed. I am literally just the shed. You're the maniac in stuff. the scrapyard. <laughs> yeah. Seems to me we could both benefit from reusing our tech just a little bit more. Let's see what today's briefing has in store. I'll just switch to the encoded satellite channel mm. and... Scanning. All operators are busy at this time. Please hold. Login accepted. Access granted. Welcome, agents. This week, your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to see how responsible engineering can help fix our way to the future. Fix our way to the future? Fix is such a great word. Agent Clark, your objective is to track down the group of rogue engineers running team repair and find out why they're sending out broken tech to schools around the country. Something's up here. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Don't you worry. 
Agent Samara, your mission is to infiltrate and monitor a so-called repair party run by the organization known as the Restart Project. This is perfect. Maybe I can finally find a use for those electronic cables I've been hoarding since forever. You think you're going to hold the button down on the Restart Project? Briefing complete. Good luck, agents. This message will self-destruct in five, four, Is there any way we can fix these briefings so they don't... I'll let you repair that one. Oh, thanks. So, while Shinny is off on her field mission, I've been using my specialist sources to get some intel on the mysterious team repair. And before you ask, no, I didn't just Google them. I also used ChatGPT. Team Repair was founded in late 2021 by a diverse group of five Imperial College London engineers, aiming to solve some of today's biggest problems. They offer both a monthly subscription program and mobile app that inspires science and technological curiosity, while teaching sustainability and repair skills. Time to put my spy training to use and see if I can extract more information about their plans. Hologram programs activated. Agent Clark, I've been expecting your call. Well, thank you for picking up. I need some answers. Tell us who you are and what drives you to do this. Yeah, sure. So I'm Megan Hale and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Team Repair. I graduated last year from Imperial and I studied design engineering. So the course that we did was all about designing solutions to help the world and help real world problems. And that's that's what I want to do in my life, try and improve people's lives. So when you went into doing engineering, were there specific problems like climate change that you had in mind that you wanted to solve? Yeah, particularly like sustainability issues and medical problems, just because one of the first projects I ever designed was an insulin pen to help people with diabetes because my dad's a type 1 diabetic and... I tried to solve the problem of him having to prick his finger and draw blood so many times in one day by using a technology that had just been released that was a tattoo that somebody could get that would change colour to your glucose blood sugar level. And then I made a prototype for an insulin pen that would detect the colour of the tattoo and then inject the amount of insulin. It definitely wouldn't have worked in the real world, but that was my first taste of being able to hopefully improve someone's life with a device that I could engineer. Amazing. Can you give us an overview of what is Team Repair and what is Team Repair's mission? So we developed Team Repair based on our backgrounds. So there's five co-founders at Team Repair. And all of us, when we were younger, enjoyed taking broken things apart and trying to fix them. Trying is a key word here. We usually broke our parents' stuff when we were younger. But we're just so curious about how real products work. And that's something that's not taught in the classroom. And we also care so much about e-waste and how much waste we're producing and not really respecting our electrical items. The United Nations defines e-waste as anything we throw away that has a battery or plug and toxic or hazardous substances. We generate at least around 60 million metric tonnes of e-waste a year globally, with some estimates expecting this to reach 120 million tonnes by 2050 if we don't do anything about it. For perspective, a year's e-waste could weigh the same as 350 cruise ships and would measure 125 kilometres long. That's a lot of old gadgets. 
So when we first started investigating e-waste and how we could reduce e-waste when we were in our final year in a module where we had to create a business to align one of the SDG goals, we put a post on Reddit and we asked, why do you think we don't repair things like our grandparents did? And we got thousands of comments on that with lots of people really caring about how things aren't repairable anymore. But one key theme that we saw throughout was people saying over and over again that we don't have confidence, especially with electronics, just to try and take it apart and give it a go. There's already so many resources out there to help you with this. It's just that first step, giving people that confidence. And then Oscar, who's one of the co-founders on the team, just said, why don't we send broken toys to kids? And that day we then like ran to Ryman's. We picked up a retro games console. We made some modifications inside it to damage one of the buttons. And then we gave it to one of one of our lecturers' children. And he really enjoyed it. So yeah, that was the origin story of Team Repair. And then we just kept going with it until we got to the place we are today. So the product that you offer is, is a subscription model where it's a box a month. And um, who is it aimed for? Uh, you know, what kind of age range? Is it just for kids or could adults do it as well? And what kind of things are, are kids fixing in the boxes? Yeah, so we actually have two different services. So we have the at-home program that we launched in April where parents can buy these subscription boxes for their children to do at home. We also have some adults sign up. I actually had a lecturer at Imperial come up to me the other week. I think he was an ele- a lecturer in electrical engineering and he came up to me and said, I'm useless at repairing. I don't actually know how real products work, but I'm a lecturer in electrical engineering. Can I please sign up for your service? And I was like, I don't know if you're going to learn much, but you can try. And then some examples of the sort of toys that children get. We've got a microscope that teaches children about lenses and circuits. We have a retro games console, which is a favourite of mine, where children can only play the games on the console once they fix the consoles. So that's a good motivator. We also have remote control cars, radios. So a big selection of items that children hopefully see in their day-to-day lives. It's just such a great idea. I think it's such an awesome concept. And it's something that you said, you know, you did when you were a kid. I did when I was a kid. I was taking apart VH, v, uh, VCR sets and radios and things like that. Again, I also never fixed them. Uh, I think I only ever made things worse. So I, I definitely would have used this when I was a kid. So, I mean, you've already touched on this, but why do you think we should be looking to repair electronics rather than replacing them? Yeah, I think it's a much bigger problem than we realise. I think everyone I've ever talked to has a drawer of phones that they don't use anymore and they just don't know what to do with them and the UK is producing so much e-waste we're the second largest producer of e-waste at the moment soon to be the first biggest producer of e-waste and people just don't really realize that I looked up some stats and they're predicting by 2030 we're going to be producing 55 million kilograms of e-waste every single year and only 31% of this e-waste is being reused or recycled at the moment just because people don't know where to get rid of it then there's toxic waste that then links out of them into the environment. But I think the other problem that people don't realise is there's so many precious metals that go into these devices. One big one that I researched a lot during my master's is 
the lithium within these devices and we need this precious resource in the future all of the electric vehicles that we want to make we need lithium for the batteries inside them but we have all of these devices phones in particular one of the big ones is um these disposable vapes that just get thrown away all of them have lithium in them and we're not recovering that waste this shortage of materials can lead to harmful and irresponsible recovery methods. It's a destructive cycle of mass manufacturing, short product lifespan, and inefficient disposal or recovery. And is that something that can be improved by designing products with longer lifespans, for example? Or is it that and making them repairable? Which one is more important? I think just everything is important. With team repair, we're not saying that we're teaching children all the skills they'll ever need to repair anything. What we call it is instilling a repairing mindset in the next generation. So we're just making children think again about their products and where they come from. And when you take a product apart, you can see all of the work that's gone into it and also how complex it is to then dissemble that and then recycle all the parts. There's a right to repair movement at the moment and they've listed like five key areas they're demanding change in, which is improving design. That's a massive one. Making things more repairable, making it affordable to repair. That's something I get quite a lot when I'm at workshops. People come up to me and say, yeah, you're teaching repair, but at the moment, if my phone breaks, it's so much cheaper and easier for me to buy a new one why would I bother to repair and then we also need to inform consumers a bit more about how repairable their items are when they purchase them and we're hoping that with team repair if we instill this repairing mindset from a younger age hopefully we have this new generation that's demanding change from manufacturers and companies that are producing these electronics and go away from this society where we have a throwaway culture, where we always want the new everything as soon as it comes out. You are sending out these products to, to kids and they're coming from landfill, is that right? How do, you, how do you source what you are sending out in these boxes? So our original business model, this was something that I was so determined to do. I spent like two, three months contacting as many toy distributors and manufacturers as possible to find their seconds that was going to landfill. And I tried so hard, I was talking to so many people, but manufacturers and distributors and retailers don't want to disclose how much they're throwing away. And that's what I found so tricky that we were providing them a solution where it's like, well, at the moment they're paying so much money for these things to get disposed of. Sometimes there are things that get returned to shops completely working order but the packaging is a bit damaged but for them financially it's cheaper to just send it to get it disposed of than send it back to the packaging distributor and repackage it so when I was talking to all these people I realized how big this issue is at the moment we're circular in the way that we get gadgets we put faults into them we send them out and then the children have them for a month and then at the end of the month, they send them back to us and we re-engineer in a fault. So we're still very driven to keep that part of our circularity. And in the future, when we've got all of that set up, 
I'm going to continue having my conversations with manufacturers, retailers and distributors. So then we can have a certain percentage coming from what would be waste. But it definitely yeah, highlighted how big this issue was when I started trying to implement that part. So, yeah, there's so many challenges that we need to overcome. And I think even though team repair from the outside may just look like little science kits that we're sending out, we're trying to prove that circularity can be possible, scalable and highly profitable from this first and then taking those learnings to other businesses to prove to them that if we can do it, newly graduated engineers, then hopefully any business can shift to this circular model. I, I don't think the slide's secure anymore. We better call it here. Thank you for your time, Megan. Thank you, Agent Clark. Data transfer complete. Hologram program deactivated. So it looks like there are some really good options out there when it comes to both upskilling the next generation and buying into a tech ecosystem that's easier to repair and upgrade. I'm really interested now to see how Shinny's got on with her mission to infiltrate a repair party? I'm here in London to locate something the organisers, the Restart Project, are calling a repair party. To make sure I blend in, I've decided to bring some items that need repairing. I'm told the party is happening, not in a nightclub, but in a community centre. I'm beginning to think I shouldn't have worn my cocktail dress and heels. So I think I found it. I can see the uh, logo for Community Association for West Hampstead. The door seems to be open, so I'm going to escape the rain. After stopping to change my cover to that of an ordinary yet still fashionable and sophisticated engineer, I slipped past the security cameras and gained access to the centre. It looks like I'm in the right place. I'm seeing one, two, three, four people behind a desk. It's really interesting, the, um, the electronics that are all over the place. There's a vacuum cleaner, there's toolbox. And everyone that's on the other side of the table seems to be here trying to get their electronics fixed. Who knew that this was going on? So I'm next in the queue to talk to Sophia. Sophia Flucker is the repair event organiser. She seems to be in charge of finding out exactly what electronics people have brought with them today and noting down the problem and the restarter that's going to help fix the electronics. And then there's a column on her whiteboard that says fixed question mark. So clearly people leave here having their electronics fixed. Maybe not. Let's see. Time to turn on the charm and extract some information from my target. I see you busy noting things down on a whiteboard. Uh, yeah, so I do the registration for the restart parties. Um, I'm the host. Um, so when people come in, I take down their name, what they've brought, so the item, the make, the model, and its age, what the problem is, and then I match them with a restarter who can hopefully help them fix. So of all the restarters here, experts in specific electronics, or why do you note down which restarter 
I potentially will be assigned to? So all of the restarters are volunteers. They come here because they've got different backgrounds. So I think some people have just always loved fixing or they've maybe picked up skills maybe at work or maybe just as a hobby. And some people might be more comfortable with doing IT fixes, software fixes. Some people maybe not so much. Um, So once they've come a few times, I get to know who's good at what and what they're comfortable with. So that's how I try and match up the, the right person with the right fix. And when did this initiative start? So the Restart project was launched, I think it's 11 years old now, and it started in London. Um, There's several Restart parties every weekend. Um, I just do the local ones in this zone. Wow, I never knew this existed. Why is it so important that it does exist? So I think e-waste is a very large and growing waste stream and a lot of e-waste is not recycled so I think there's partly the environmental impact of our consumption and the fact that we're using more resources and those things but, and I think also for the education aspects so a lot of people are not comfortable changing a fuse, they don't know how things work, they don't know why should they buy one product over another and for a lot of people I guess you just have to choose the cheapest, you might not have the luxury of choice but maybe if you know more about how do things work and why do they fail, if you've got if you've got the choice you might choose differently when you buy things in the future Have you seen repeat problems where you know, you're rolling your eyes like, oh it's that brand again with that same problem and if you have is there anything you can do with the brand to maybe advise them so this is why we're collecting the statistics this is why we're we're trying to find out well okay what's the make what's the model and uh, someone it goes into a database uh, and we get the stats from each party so we we get an estimate of how many tons of e-waste have we saved how how much carbon is it it's it's very much an estimate but it it gives you an idea of your impact Uh, but, but someone will have a look at the statistics and then I think that's the idea that they can say okay for example apple products oh they're really not made to repair you know we see all of these barriers time and time again and and then you can approach the the company and you know it's it's not just because of saturday afternoon what what are we doing right here right now that there's a campaign about the right to repair and all of those things which is also very important should we go through what i brought which item would you like to start with i think this one is a battery um like a power bank type of item and I think this is the one that I would want to have repaired the most because it was really expensive to begin with and I just never use it because the third pin snapped so it's the Hilka power bank it's a Hilka and does it have a model number on it we're living in an era of rampant mass consumption everyone wants the newest gadget the latest model the next must-have item But what is the true cost of our materialistic desires? A 2021 report by the World Health Organization warns that soaring levels of e-waste affects the health of millions of children. It's also throwing away valuable resources. The Environmental Protection Agency has calculated that one metric tonne of circuit boards contains 800 times the amount of gold mined from one metric tonne of ore meaning it will soon be more efficient to harvest gold from e-waste than traditional mining. So I'm Nick Hartley. Uh, I'm retired now, but I spent a 
many years working in the electronics industry. Um, uh, but long before that, as a kid, I was taking radios apart and sort of um, trying to find out how they, they worked. In fact, people were a bit... Um, my father was a bit in desperation about me. I always used to take my toys apart. He said, why can't you play with them like any normal boy? And I said, no, no, I want to find out how they work. And then once you know how they work, then you're halfway towards fixing them. The hallmark of a true engineer. Taking things apart, putting them back together again. Is this? Can I check it? Hello. I have a common theme to my electronics problem. The plug, uh, third pin, has snapped off. It's happened twice. I don't know why. Um, Is this something that is an easy fix? That's a very good question. Um, very much depends on what equipment you have with you at the time. Obviously, coming here to this test center, I can only bring a certain amount of equipment with me. You see it's all here, on this, and I haven't actually got a replacement pin for that. I would tackle this um, as a mechanical engineering job. Um, I need a piece of metal about this. I'd probably take a pin from an existing 13-amp plug, an old one which I've tossed away or something, and um, attempt to fix that in. It obviously means opening up the plastic that's a complete moulded unit so I'd have to cut that off to get into it but on second thoughts actually might might be possible to do it just by tapping a hole in there and fixing in a, a third pin well, it's been so interesting to watch you process the problem and come up with suggestions for the solution. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for what you're doing because uh, you're making it all doable. You're making... It doesn't seem so intimidating when I see you uh, tinkering away there. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah. Repairing gadgets and safely recycling e-waste will not only improve health, it will reduce carbon emissions and mean more devices are available to those who need them. As recently as 2021, Ofcom reported that around 1.5 million homes in the UK don't have access to the internet, in many cases due to a lack of computer or e-device. My name is Ugo Valauri and I'm co-founder and co-director of the Restart Project. It's really genius because you're challenging the major manufacturers. We all have experienced products that fail at times shortly after the end of the warranty. But we think that the, the real crime here is that manufacturers deliberately design products so that it's quite hard to repair them or they price the spare parts for products at a price point that many people will find uh, not worth repairing and therefore replace a product. This is so profound. Like what you're doing is so profound because this is about our attachment to things and about consumerism and the fact that it's almost baked into our society that we have this um, fast turnover of consuming electronics and it's just it's almost kind of want to say it but it almost feels wrong the way we approach our gadgets yeah and 
it's also often a matter of um, you know consumers being blamed for their uh, approaches to just not having the patience to get something repaired but it's more complicated than that we think that manufacturers and people in the waste industry are very quick at blaming consumers saying oh but they just wanted to upgrade but the reality is that all the incentives go in the wrong direction and you know we've done research uh, looking at how a lot of the products that people also bring to places called reuse and recycling centers many of these products we've done research uh, are still reusable but the reality is that very frequently they just get recycled and when you recycle something you waste a lot of the potential that was embedded in that product and a lot of the environmental footprint that went into manufacturing it actually gets lost the moment you grind the materials again. We need governments and manufacturers to create a system that's designed to work for people and planet if we want to fix this at scale. Thank you for what you're doing and uh, hope you continue to thrive with this because it's such a, it's a magical process. I've witnessed it. Gosh, that was such a powerful experience. I thought I was going to get my electronics repaired and actually I feel like I've had a complete change of mentality. The way I consume gadgets is probably very similar to the way many of us consume gadgets where we often think that it's time to buy something new or upgrade and actually the products that we replace probably have a lot more life in them. Certainly today I thought these plugs needed to be changed mostly and probably from being lazy I didn't change the plugs and just got new products but actually I see that, you know, this is not the right way to think. If we want to be more socially responsible, we really have to look at the way we use and consume products and be much more mindful of the environmental impact. Mission complete. Please evacuate immediately. So we're back here at Mission Responsible HQ. Shinny, do you feel more inspired to repair some of your own tech? Absolutely. In fact, I feel really guilty that I haven't done it sooner. I know what you mean, actually. Mm. like I, I'm very aware now of the total footprint that I've had in terms of my electronics and looking back at everything. I feel that we need to blame ourselves less as consumers and actually put more pressure on manufacturers to start engineering in a way that is more responsible. Intelligence accepted. Your final task is to demonstrate your repair skills to Agent Cameron at D Branch. Hello, agents. It's Greg Cameron, community manager at Design Spark. Have you been hiding in that filing cabinet all this time? Yeah, I've been in there for hours. I recommend you avoid that bucket in the corner. Mm. In front of you are two kits from Team Repair for you to test your skills on. I'm going to give you 10 minutes each to see how far you can get. My money is on you on this one. I'm not feeling confident about this, Shinny. Let me at it. On your marks, get set, go. 
Right, opening the box. What have we got? All these stickers. Oh, what? Oh, this is cool. Must not get distracted by stickers. So it says kit contents. We got all the bits that we were supposed to return, and there's the bits we're allowed to keep. There's a console. Yeah. Oh. Oh, apparently there's a screwdriver, batteries. Yeah. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's way more in here than I thought there was. Yeah, I'm seeing resistors. Length of copper tape, yeah. I knew some that would be important. Some screws, some LEDs. Okay. Crocodile clip. Oh, gosh. So we basically need to make this thing work. Yeah, so I'm going to take the screw in the back off. Okay, right. And there we go. So the first check is uh, if I put batteries in, is anything going to happen? Like, is there, is there a fault with that component? So I'm putting the batteries in. Seven minutes left. Okay, great. Oh my gosh. Uh, right, okay. Simon, why is your leg shaking? I, I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous, yeah. <laughs> it's a spy shake. It's an advanced technique. Uh, right. So I've got the circuit board uh, that's attached to the front of the game's console, and I picked up the screen, which has got a uh, like a ribbon connection. And that's obviously supposed to go onto the circuit board, but I can't see where, and I can't see how to fit the screen into the gap for the screen. <laughs> So, uh, I'm not even going to waste precious seconds looking at what you're doing. Um, I was about to say I'm worried about breaking this, but I mean it's it's, <laughs> it's already broken. broken. <laughs> so we've got copper strips, we've got resistors, we've got LEDs. Right, so dropped a cable. Oh. That's oh, it's good. It's a delay. Right, I can get ahead. Uh, <laughs> Simon, do you want to pick just, that up? For no, me? I'm just going to start knocking your things on the floor. Actually, uh, where is chivalry? Just over five minutes left, guys. What? Ah! Right. I'm actually going to stand up. Aha. Right, my screen's in. I just dropped half of my things. <laughs> I'm feeling very under pressure here. Uh, so where are you at the moment? Right, so I think you need to take the green board out. There's a screw there, and then the screen can fit in. Did you just basically take the screwdriver and just get rid of all the connecting screws? I mean, when you put it like that, it makes me sound like a barbarian, but yes, that is basically <laughs> what I did. So I took it, no, I took off the <gasps> oh, circuit board. No, I've, just, I've just lost a few plastic bits. Welcome to my world. <laughs> this is on the floor. Uh, right, so I've never actually had to do this connection before. That looks like it goes in there. That feels like it's a very tenuous connection if it's supposed to go. Yeah, so basically, the only thing that was wrong with this device is that the screen was missing. Well, we don't know that. There could be further faults. Hang on, I'm just going to stand up as well. I'm getting competitive now. Uh, so there's also there's missing cables on the right-hand side. They presumably are going to plug into either the circuit board or the power source, because I can't help but notice the power source isn't connected to anything else. So we are about 1 minute 30 out, so oh, we really need to hurry up. No worries, no, I've, I've, I'm on top of this. I Don't worry, your your games console will be... Ah, it's falling apart again. Uh, what are you doing about this bit? Uh, so I just tried to put it in, and I thought... I was successful. I was just taking this, through. taking the tab from the screen and feeding it into that port. But yes. I don't think I was successful because it just popped Keep out. your nerve, guys. You're in the final minute. No <gasps> worries, no worries. Not sweating at all. You're sweating. I'm not entirely sure I've got the screen the right way round. If there's only one place that the ribbon connector from the screen can go in, it's got to be in that component, but I can't figure out how to get it to stick. Yeah. I have got the... Uh... We're in the same boat here. But if you figure it out, let me know. And if I figure it out, I'll tell you. Oh, my okay, screen's falling out. we're into the last 20 seconds, guys. Right. Oh, my buttons. No, my buttons. Pressure. 
Okay, it's fine. I didn't need that button anyway, I'm sure. Uh, right. Maybe it just miraculously conducts without having to feed it in anyway. There's redundancy in this design. I'm sure half these components aren't necessary. Right, so if I just... <laughs> Get in five, there. Five, four, three, two, oh, one. Time's up, guys. Oh. Okay, for full disclosure, guys... This was actually should have took you about 30 minutes rather than 10 minutes, so... Oh, um, wow. And that's just to open the box. So if you could just hold up what you've got and show me and tell me what you've, you've seen, what you've been through. <laughs> I've been through hell and back. I think we're actually at the same point. Yeah. I, that was really stressful because I now need to finish this. So we're going to have to put this show on hold right. while I go away on my own. The agency's going to call with more missions and you're room. like, I'm sorry, this game's console is not going to fix itself. What do you think about sending these out to schools? Great idea. If I was in school and this was an activity that was offered to me, I would take it up in a heartbeat. This is absolutely awesome. And similarly, I also want to see this through. <laughs> I feel like it's a simple problem, but it's really opened up a whole minefield of complications that you can really explore. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, it's a ba- it's basic skills. Like, this this if you can fix this kind of component, if you, for example, I don't know, if you just not a connection gets loose in this kind of device, then you know how to fix that. You can make similar repairs on other things. And you know, the, having taken apart many things when I was a kid, uh, I recognise a lot of these components as being very common. And the basic fundamentals, like black being negative and red being positive in terms of terminals, and being able to open up a device and, and know where those two terminals are within the actual device itself. I've lost some niblets from the back of my buttons. <laughs> I don't know where they've gone. Okay, guys, I, I've, I've been watching you. I'm, I'm relatively impressed. I think it's not a bad start because you did call out quite a few things um, in terms of connecting the screen to the circuit board the ribbon connector absolutely needs to go there the call out for the batteries first of all that's the first rule in engineering make sure your power source is connected so i would give you yourselves a pat on the back warning commence system shutdown greg thank you so much for opening up our worlds to this fascinating device giving us some devices to open up you're welcome guys and i'll see you on the next episode well i think that wraps up today's mission thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please do one of three lovely things for us that's right we'd love it if you could leave a review subscribe to the show or recommend us to a friend and don't forget you can start your very own responsible engineering journey by signing up to design spark's free design resources at designspark.com until next time i've been agent simon clark and i've been agent shinny somara and this has been mission responsible Mission Responsible was a Why Did the Chicken production for Design Spark. Huge thanks to our guests, Megan Hale, Sophia Fluka, Ugo Valori, and Greg Cameron. The series producer was Simona Rata, the researcher was Chris Armstrong, and the executive producer was Dan Page. <laughs>